she was sitting in the car said she sat there probably an hour crying. And the opposition was urging her, and she said she knew that was Satan. Yeah. And so she said she got out, and she was praying that someone would try to talk her out of it. Wow. And she heard Angela say, you can do this. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion. Touched your heart. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. I am Vicki Kosiorg, and yes, I'm here are. with, uh, yep, I'm still Vicki Kosiorg. Daniel, yes, you are. how about you? <laughs> yep, Daniel Parks. <laughs> and Daniel yeah. Parks. And we have a really special guest yeah. with us today. We don't usually do this, we don't usually have guest um, yeah, this is on a our pretty podcast. exclusive podcast if you've been on this, this podcast you're a pretty yeah uh, pretty important person yeah you gotta so you be know. pretty darn special to yeah. be on the podcast with us and and i can guarantee this debbie hobson is a very special member of our team we love her she's been with us i'm not sure how long debbie Five and a half years. Five, five and mm-hmm. a half years. Wow. So, um, and Debbie has a unique role or has had a unique role in sidewalk outreach because she's been here so long, right? I guess as Love Life was just starting was when you probably came on board, right? Because they came um, about six years ago. We were still cities for life when I came on board. Okay. Right, so, right, okay, yeah. and and at that time, um, we didn't necessarily always have many mentors available to work with the women. So, we've called Debbie in specifically to talk about this dual role that she had. She was a sidewalk outreach person, and there was a mom who chose life, and um, from I guess from your area, and we asked if Debbie would consider mentoring this mom, and she agreed. And so we wanted to, we called Debbie on to talk with us today yep. to um, to talk about that experience because those are really two separate roles now. Now that Love Life is on board and raising up mentors to walk with these moms, but um, but yeah, it's kind of a it's it's an interesting role that not all of us have had. Some of us who have been doing this a long time did both mentor and sidewalk counsel. But um, Debbie is still actually doing that with with this mom. So Debbie, why don't you start? Just tell us a little about yourself, how you became a sidewalk outreach person, you know, what what brought you out here? And uh, just give us some tidbits about about your life, and then we'll get started and talking more specifically about your role as both a mentor and an outreach person. Sure. Um, I'd actually been doing some kind of pro-life work for probably 37 years. Wow. Um, And I guess it was about the time I joined up on Facebook, I saw Operation Save America with Rusty Thomas and I just felt a tug at my heart, and so I asked a question, um, is there anything like that in the Charlotte area? And Lisa Metzger said, cities for life. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got going. Um, 
pretty scared that first day, but um, and it's a tough ministry, but I love it. Um, I've been very blessed by it. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually didn't know that, that Lisa Metzger was the catalyst for you coming on board as a sidewalk counselor. And that was also, she was the catalyst for me as well. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah, she's a pretty special person. Mm -hmm. Very. Yeah. We actually had her on the podcast, so she is a special person. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The special people have all. Well, not all. We haven't gone through all the special people yet. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to say just before we do get into kind of – just a little bit about Debbie's experience with being a mentor and being on the sidewalk and get into some of the story of a mom that she's been ministering to. Just say, first and foremost, Debbie, thank you for your sacrifices. I know, you know, life throws some stuff at you. We all have lives that we live, right? Um, volunteers included. There's family stuff. There's stuff that happens just, you know, in the day to day. And it's, it, it is a sacrifice to get out there on the sidewalk. I mean, I know you've been out there in the rain, you've been out there in the cold. Um, you've been out there probably in tornadoes and hurricanes <laughs> and all that other stuff is the doors are open at that place. Our volunteers are there. And so I just want to honor you and just say, thank you for being out there. Thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for your humility. And just, I know, cause I think you started out at the Latrobe abortion mm-hmm. center ministering there, which it has its challenges. Yep. And then shifted over to the Wendover Abortion Center, which has its challenges. And you've been able to just roll with the punches and really be um, really be a support for those who are serving in leadership. I know Elijah has spoken very well of you. Elijah is our leader at the Wendover Abortion Center. And just your faithfulness. So I, again, I just want to honor you for that. And Thank I'm glad you. that you were able to come on and, and share with us. Yeah. Yeah, she also helps out a lot with the literature, making sure that we have our names on the back of the literature. And she does; she wears many hats. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we we do. We so appreciate you, Debbie. But um, so I gave a little bit of the background of the story of how how you ended up being a mentor. I this woman had chosen life, and I think I was the one that called mm-hmm. you and said, "Listen, we've got this mom, and she's from kind of your area." Would you consider um, mentoring her? So tell us a little a little bit about that, how you why you decided to mentor her and how you met her and some of the you know the beginning of that story with her. Okay, I was in Walmart, Vicki, and you called and asked if I would mentor this young lady and I was very excited and I said, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tried so many times to get in touch with her mm-hmm. and and you know, I just knew the Lord wanted me to do this. My pastor tried getting in touch with her. The counselor tried to get in touch with her. You tried. Uh, another lady at my church, I tried. And then finally, one day, I heard this little voice say, um, Miss Debbie, could you take me to my uh, 3D ultrasound? So that's when I met her, and her mm-hmm. mother was terminal with cancer, and uh-huh. she actually died a week before the baby was born. But she got to see that baby on the ultrasound, and that child put on a show. Wow. Yeah. She really did. So that was the only time that her mother, who died of cancer, saw her baby was on the ultrasound. You speak about something that is so common that I don't want us to miss that. You tried, I tried, the church tried to contact this mom who had chosen life and told us she wanted a mentor. And yet, 
we didn't get a hold of her for quite some time. I don't remember how long it was, but it was a while. Mm -hmm. And you just kept pursuing her. Yeah. And I think that is one of the big takeaways from your story. Yeah. Right? Don't give up. Exactly. Exactly. And what if you had? Her mother would never have seen her grandchild in any form. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I like to look at the nitty gritty and the practical of it. And you may or may not remember, but what did that kind of uh, connection with her look like? You call her the first day, you don't get an answer. Then you wait a couple days and you call her again, you don't get an answer. Then you pass her off to, or not pass her off, but you you kind of tap Vicky to call her. Like, what did that look like? And how long did it actually take until you actually got in touch with her? Well, actually... Vicky and the counselor, I guess I could say the counselor's name. Yeah. Okay. Angela, they would, we would text each other. It was kind of like, um, I guess maybe Vicky and Angela texted me. Yeah. And so I let my pastor know. And so they, it's like we were all trying to get in touch with her. And yeah. I think a lot of it was um, she was the caregiver for her mother. So mm. I think that was a lot right. of it. So you were reaching out to her via text was kind yes. of the main way that you were reaching out and to her. And calling, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then one day you called her, and that was when you heard the little voice she saying, yeah. She called me. Or she actually yes. called you. Yes. So finally, after all these weeks or whatever yeah. of reaching out to her, was it months or was it just it, weeks? It was months. Wow. Uh, four, five. Uh, she was 19 and a half weeks. Okay. When we went for the ultrasound. And I know we probably saw her when she was five or six weeks, something yeah. like that on, yeah. on the mobile ultrasound unit. So here it she has gone months. Yes. This is such an encouragement to people on the sidewalk because this happens so frequently for for months. Mm -hmm. No no contact and and you've kept pursuing her. Um, Can you tell us, you know, without divulging her name, but can you tell, tell us some of the big obstacles and what was going on in her? What is her story that led her to consider abortion? She just felt like that she could not have this baby. And she actually, just a few weeks ago, told me that when she was sitting in the car, said she sat there probably an hour crying. And the opposition was urging her, and she said she knew that was Satan. Yeah. And so she said she got out, and she was praying that someone would try to talk her out of it. Wow. And she heard Angela say, you can do this. And she said Angela was so kind and, Mm -hmm. you know, so she just, she knew that she was supposed to have that baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing. So she was praying for someone to speak to her and talk her out of, out of this, which is again. That's a very common thing. So common. It's so The idea, the pro-abortion people want us to believe that, um, and and matter of fact, they've said it in, 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 I guess, probably almost these very words. People that come here to the clinic have already got their minds made up. You're not going to change their minds. And that is so far from the truth. I would say the vast majority of the people that come to the abortion center still don't have their minds made up. When they're on the operating table or they're about ready to take that pill that would kill their child, they still don't have their minds made up. Yeah, exactly. And even after they've had the abortion, they still don't have their minds made up. Right. Because there's regret and all these things. So, um yeah, I mean, it just kind of validates our need to be there and our need to use our voice 
to encourage her to answer that prayer. God, yeah. please let somebody be here to talk me out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she had some significant obstacles. I mean, her mother's dying of cancer. She knew that. Yeah. And here, and she's the primary caretaker. I guess I didn't right. know that. So yeah. she's got a huge burden. And then here's this this new baby, and how on earth is she going to deal with all the trauma that she's already dealing with, as well as this unexpected and unplanned pregnancy? So um, was the church instrumental and involved in helping you as you mentored? Because I think that is a key element now, certainly, with, with Love Life, that there be a, what we call a house of refuge church, backing the mentors up. Because no one can do this on their own. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, my church has just been just amazing. Um, where can I start? First of all, uh, the church has just showered her with love. Like um, I'm just telling examples as they come to mind. She was without transportation for a while. Mm. And there were five or six ladies from my church driving from Gastonia to Charlotte to take her to work. Wow. For probably two or three weeks. Wow. And actually, my husband was one. He helped out a couple of times, too. Oh. And there was a time, just a low point, where she didn't have any food in the house. And so she called Pastor, and a couple came over with a ton of groceries. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and just recently, um, there's a, an older man in the church that gives her very grandfatherly grandfatherly advice about purity, just that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had a, a debt. She wanted to go back to school and not a very big balance, but he's covering it. Wow. That's amazing. You guys, you're, so your church is just a pro-birther church, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're only for oh, the yeah, babies after pro- they're yeah, born. Yeah, and then the women, yeah. once they choose life, you kind of leave them. <laughs> Which, you know, again, it's one of those <laughs> accusations that's bunk. And been debunked yes. by yes. stories just like yours. Right. It's pretty yeah. amazing. So she was, I, as I recall, she was not saved. Right. The gospel had certainly been, I have no doubt, Angela presented the gospel on the uh, mobile ultrasound unit. Uh, I think even I did because yeah. I was partially connected with her. Um, and I, I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah. But it, it, right now she is not yet a believer, right? At that point. At that point. That's yes. what I meant. At yes. that point. But look at what she's seen right. from the church. Yes. She was seeing the love of God played out day after day. And you know, obviously, that has to has to affect her. Um, in general, especially early on, what would you say about her cooperation towards your mentoring outreach as you're trying to mentor and guide her, disciple her? Well, she was hard to get a hold of. Um, she uh, wouldn't follow through. I will say this, though. She is not someone that expects a handout. She mm-hmm. she is willing to do the let. Well, she was willing to do it, but she her she just wasn't timely with anything. And I have seen her become that responsible person and that has just been such a blessing yes so starting off it was hard it was kind of like pulling teeth to get her to to follow through Mm -hmm. on on what you were hoping to have her because you're trying to help her right but we don't want to do it for them exactly you know we don't want to remove personal responsibility and so her part she would kind of 
take her time yes. on doing. <laughs> That's yeah. a good way to put it. And yeah. so again, now you're during this entire time period, you are still on the sidewalk, right? Yes. As an active sidewalk outreach yes. um, team member. So what was that like? Were you ever overwhelmed with the dual responsibilities? I think it very well could have been, but with the backing of my church, mm-hmm. my husband, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I was able to pull it off, but I can certainly see why we can't regularly do this. It would just be way too much. Yeah. 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 So the two key elements that you mentioned, and I think this is so true um, for people in such a hard ministry is this, the support of your family. Yes. And the support of the local church. Absolutely. Both absolutely key elements in place, which allowed you to do what you did, because you were able to hand off some of your stuff to the local church. They were taking up the slack, where you, like driving. This yeah, month. exactly. You couldn't have done that exactly. every day, right? You'd have a life outside of outside of mentoring also. Um, would you say that this mentoring gig was easy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> So here's a question that has to do with that. Um, in comparison to the sidewalk outreach, and a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast are sidewalk outreach folks, and uh, they know the difficulties of sidewalk outreach and the challenges, people yelling at you and <laughs> being ignored and all the <laughs> other things. In comparison to the mentoring, which one do you think is more difficult or do you think there's kind of they both similarly have their challenges? What are your thoughts on that? I gotta be honest. I I think the sidewalk is a tougher job. Okay, I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a difficult, <laughs> yeah, difficult place to be. And, <laughs> you know, again, you get ignored, and you get um, you know, if you don't get ignored, you get cussed out, mm-hmm. and then of course, just the spiritual warfare dynamic right. there because you're right on the front lines. But I do know with any ministry God calls us to, there's sacrifice and there's difficulties. So with the mentoring, even being ignored by the the lady that you're trying to mentor right. can be a challenge. And seeing, I mean, I know I've been involved in situations. I know you have too, Vicky, where it's the up and down. You know, one day they're hunky dory and happy to, that they chose life. The next day they're thinking about going back to the abortion right. center, and all that back and forth can be very difficult. So. Every situation is different, of course, but I just wanted to kind of get your perspective on that. I'm wondering about that. Did she waver in her choice for life while you were working with her? She's pretty far along by the time she finally contacted you. Right. So if she did waver, you may, might not have known about it. Then. Exactly. Exactly. Did she ever talk about that later? Was she wavering early on? I, I don't think she was. Okay. Yeah. I think once she decided and, you know— and and with yeah. Angela telling her you could do this, she said that just really, that really convinced her that, that she That was could. a turning point for her. Because I do think that's one of the key elements in sidewalk outreach as opposed to mentorship. Not always, but most of the time, once they've agreed to and connected with a mentor, the baby's life is no longer on the line, at least not as crisis, yeah. um, high a right. crisis point. As the sidewalk counselor, you are dealing as a sidewalk um, outreach person with life or death of, exactly. of that baby. And usually the mentors are not necessarily dealing quite as much with that. But um, did you ever feel like giving up? Uh, a couple of times, I have to say, you yeah. know, because I just wouldn't hear from her. Yeah. 
And the baby, let's see, how old is she now? She's over two and a half, and there'd be some gaps. You know, I wouldn't hear from her for three months. And yeah. I would just think, well, you know, the ball's in her court this time because, yeah. you know, they have to take responsibility, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so you've you've been mentoring her now for like, I mean, I mean, not now, right now, but in our story, she... She's like 20, 25 weeks, whatever. Her mom dies around this time period, right? right? And was the church and you able to help her through that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Did she rely on the church at that point? Is she relying on Jesus at all yet? You know, not really. Uh, Cheryl, of course, as she always does, shared the gospel beautifully with okay, her. Okay, so Cheryl of Pro of oh. uh, Truth and Mercy Pro Life Ministries, and she's yes. the one that does. Back then, especially, she did almost all of the baby showers. Right. The church was not yet really on board, um, although your church, I'm sure, might have been. But right. so Cheryl does the baby shower with you and with yes. this mom, and shares the gospel. And what was her response? Uh, it was the typical when Cheryl asked her why she would go to heaven, the typical because she's a good person. Yeah. Right. So that was the initial reaction. But as time has gone on, we've talked about it. And I know she texted me probably back in the summer. And she was just like, you know, Miss Debbie, uh, it's like nothing goes right, you know, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, honey, you know, like I tell anyone, Jesus Christ is the answer. And I mm-hmm. went through the gospel again. Mm-hmm. And she was receptive, but I didn't, still didn't feel that connection. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it was three months ago, and she was talking to pastor and, and wanted to join the church. So she went through the... Um, uh, yeah, I can't even think of the name of it. It's like a young discipleship yes. program, I think you told me about. Yes. Yeah. And um, so she went through it. And so maybe three weeks ago, uh, Pastor Matt asked me and another church member, and I, I want to tell you a little cool story about the, the church member. Mm-hmm. He has a very unusual name, very unusual. And this was probably, I was 21 years old, and I'd gone to my friend's house. And I saw this cute little boy jumping up and down on the trampoline. And then when I found out about his name, I thought, that is the most unusual name I've ever heard. And so didn't see or hear anything about him. And then they they joined the church, he and his family, 20 years ago. And so three weeks ago, that is the person that Pastor Matt asked the elder, he's an elder now, to make sure that she understood the gospel. And would I go in there and you know, help him with that. And this is the person that you saw 20 years ago yes. as a toddler himself, so, and now yes. he is. <laughs> I, I yes. got to know, what is his name like Rumpelstiltskin or something? <laughs> it's about that odd. <laughs> what is it? I mean, Kent Trescott. Trescott? Yeah. Okay. okay. I right. think it's an unusual name. Yeah, it's it's really, a name yeah. I've never heard. But it's a memorable it, name, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people think he's saying, trust God. Okay. They do. Oh, so. Hey, that's oh, pretty good. That's so beautiful. Anyway, so, so you get to go in... With Trescott, yes, and this mom, yes, and uh, are you sharing the gospel like the time that it finally takes at this point, <laughs> or this <laughs> is what it, what is happening in this meeting with the three of you? Well, he shares the basic, you know, the the death, burial, resurrection, 
and that that's our way to heaven. And so I talked to her about repentance because I think that's where people, the part that doesn't click, they think, you know, I say this little prayer and that's it. I'm in, you know, I don't have to live for Jesus. So we talked about that. Yeah. And she was crying and talking about how grateful she was that day on the sidewalk. Yeah. And how she knew that God wanted her to have that baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's come now full circle to returning to God. And maybe that that piece that you felt was missing was that piece of a a real recognition of her sin, a specific sin against God and the need to turn from that, to repent from that and understand why she needed a Savior in the first place. I agree with you. I think that is oftentimes the missing piece in modern Christianity, and and we don't spend enough time. Yeah, I mean, we make salvation, sadly, a formula. Mm -hmm. You know, you say this prayer and check this box, and somehow you're in. And, you know, I say often salvation is not a formula. It's not a prayer. It's not a scripture. Salvation is actually a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And until you surrender to that person, the Lord Jesus Christ, um, salvation is not yours. Salvation is in Christ. And you get in Christ by doing apparently what this young lady did, turning from her sin and putting her trust in him. So that's amazing. Praise God. So did she become a member of your church then? She has. So she's now a member Mm -hmm. of your church. And this is... Folks, this is this is the model. This yeah. is the model. You you take this this mom who's about to kill her child, doesn't know the Lord. Her life is falling apart, right? And she doesn't even know why. We know why. Oh, yeah. She doesn't know why. And a mentor, Debbie, is appointed to her. The church completely backs Debbie up. The love of Christ is showered on this woman. The gospel is shared over and over again. When the mom draws away, she is pursued. Not only by God, but by God's people. She is pursued, um, and they don't give up on her. And ultimately, she comes full circle, comes to the Lord, joins the church, is receiving discipleship in the in the truth and in the Lord. And um, she had her baby, right? Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I bet that was a glorious moment. Did you get to hold that baby? I did. I did. And. been to the birthday parties for her year old party, her two year old party. Oh, and wow. So she's she's like family to us. Yeah. You know, we yeah. we've taken her to lunch, invited her over. She hasn't come over, but you know, she's truly she like family. Yeah. yeah, I think she will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you tell people who are currently both working on the sidewalk in outreach and people who are mentors? What would you tell them? Um, how would you advise them? What What is the takeaway from your experience that you can share with them to encourage them and maybe um, help them to not give up when they feel like giving up? Okay. If you are on the sidewalk and you're doing this dual role, uh, personally, I think it needs to be someone that lives close to you physically, you know, sure. in your town. Um and and don't give up. Just just pursue that young lady. And I think you know, if you're a mentor, pursue her. Yeah. Just don't give up. Yeah. 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 And don't think the worst. I imagine exactly. there has to have been times when you were thinking, did she go and abort? A little just a very slightly, but yeah, just a little bit. 
Yeah, when they yeah. when they I think that's where we naturally often go when yeah. we don't hear from them. Oh, they must have gone back and killed the baby. Right. And your experience proves no, not exactly. not necessarily. Yeah. We don't know. Well, there was a lot going on in her life. Yes. Um, but we never know sometimes why they have stopped contacting us but never give up and keep pursuing even to the point of where you feel like a nag probably. <laughs> But God nags us. I mean, yes. he pursues us <laughs> relentlessly. God doesn't nag. He pursues. I call the the Holy Spirit, I can't remember who I got this from, the hound of heaven. Yes. yes. Amen. I think I may, okay. may have actually gotten that from Flip. Um, the okay. hound of heaven, the Holy Spirit. He so never he, gives up. He, he doesn't. He keeps pursuing. I know in my life he didn't. He was yeah. just so relentless in in coming after me yeah. and um, and yes. wooing me. And and we, if we are to be like Jesus, that's our model, yes. right? We are to be the hound of heaven <laughs> yeah. for the, for those women, which Debbie really were. Was there a particular scripture that would sustain and guide you through all of this? The one about he leaves the ninety nine and goes after the one. Yeah, brings tears I, to my me eyes. too. Yeah. I can almost yeah. not say that verse <laughs> yeah. without yeah. tearing up. Yeah. So as we wrap up here. Um, and, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but would you say if someone is considering sidewalk ministry and also mentoring a mom, that the scripture that we've got to count the cost, take up our cross and follow him, would that, would that be an appropriate scripture as well? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very we've got much. to count the cost in everything that we do for sure. And I appreciate you counting the cost and being willing to pay it. And it's paid off in the end, right? Yes. We have this young lady, her baby's alive. She's come to know the Lord. Yes. She's being discipled in your local church. I'm sure you've been stretched and you've been um, pulled in directions that you never imagined right. you'd be in, but you've grown in ways yes. that you would not grow otherwise. That's one of the things that we encourage folks with. If you step into this ministry, two things are going to happen. God will use you to save babies. Like, I right. really do believe that, whether you find out about those babies right. that are saved or not. And the second thing is you will grow in your walk with Jesus in ways you would not otherwise grow. And I, I think you've seen that. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty amazing. As a matter of fact, mm. I, I see like spiritually, you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger used to be. You got big, <laughs> you got big muscles because <laughs> you pushed up some heavy weights doing both of these roles at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And so, yeah, we hope, guys, that this was an encouragement to you. Thank you, Debbie, for taking time out of your yes, your busy you. day to come and spend with us and record this episode. We hope that you guys that are listening were encouraged by this episode. We want to encourage you to reach out to us. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky, with a Y, at lovelife.org. Also, check out our training and equipping website, sidewalks4life.com. We're actually going to have an article on there in the equipping articles section that goes along with this podcast episode and also our podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, where you can get all of these episodes, find um, episodes with keywords that you want to search, subjects that you want for us to cover. We probably already covered them, so you can search for those keywords on our podcast website. And um, without further ado, we're going to leave you. <laughs> Ooh, he's a poet and he I'm doesn't a, know I'm it. A poet and don't know it. All right. Well, God bless you guys. God bless you all. God bless. Gratitude I know it will cost me my
friends too precious since I met you. 